0: Witnessed someone getting kicked, lying on the ground, and their purse taken from a lady. And we had to stop. We called the police, and then they asked the police asked some questions. I went and looked, and they were gone. Like I've never seen that in in this neighborhood before or in this area.
1: Crime. Police are asking for the public's help getting the. Where they to the found the body of a male outside resisted, a home. They resisted,
2: revealing a loaded, sawed-off of police shotguns. officer
1: was on a bus downtown yesterday afternoon. It seems we all have a story. It's very
2: important because there are children, people with you know special needs, elderly people, and they're all at risk.
1: And the candidates are making promises about what. They would do about it. Be the
0: architect of an overall strategy. I've started hire people
1: with criminal records. 90% of the calls that police respond to are not... Violent crime has increased. We are on track for a record number of murders. Property and other crimes over a five-year period have actually declined. That was also during the pandemic. But recent polling suggests most Winnipeggers don't feel safe. In episode three of Turning Point... The future of policing, crime, safety, and the other options for the next mayor and council. When you walk to the There's no way that I, could, uh, that I could see that we could continue on with, um, with the current leadership. So let's get this out of the way right now. Firing the police chief. There's been a lot of
0: hyper critical focus on the police as if we're the problem. But
1: Danny um, Smythe's contract well, is with the Winnipeg Police Board. It's been extended by another year to November of 2023, but he just started this past July a two-year term as president of the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police. So expect him to be around until the summer of 2024. Now his contract is with the police board, but he is technically in the employ of the city of Winnipeg. In a recent review of the Manitoba Police Act, one of the recommendations was that police boards become the employer of their police chiefs and all sworn and civilian police employees as well. Right now, Manitoba is an exception, so it is murky. But police boards are here to stay and expect that loophole to be closed.
3: Morning and welcome to the uh, September 16th meeting, uh, a public meeting of the Winnipeg Police City
1: Council does have budgetary oversight, but they can't interfere in the day-to-day operations of the service. But the costs continue to climb. In 2021, uh, police uh, spent uh, just over $321 uh, million dollars. $275 of that on salaries and benefits. That's about 27% of the total city budget. And as you listen and evaluate the promises, the power over policing again lies in the hands of the board, the police chief on the day-to-day operations, but ultimately, it's the provincial government. The
4: Police Services Act is where uh, regulation of the police begins. Not the IAU and not police boards.
1: One of the key people involved in this is Michael Kopang. He's Assistant Deputy Minister of the Manitoba Government's Public Safety Division. He's passed RCMP and recently explained where the province is going on law enforcement at a seminar at the University of Manitoba's Faculty of Law.
4: The police are not the perfect suited for a whole variety of things like mental health intervention, welfare checks, chronic missing persons, addictions, poverty, homelessness family dysfunction, and a whole other raft of social welfare issues. Because of a lot of other government and other societal changes, however, the police have been left as the force of sort of last resort for a lot of these issues. The core issue right now in 2022, there is currently no other public or private body that can replace the police role in the calls for service. The default is the police currently. 26-2020,
1: city councillors looking on as hundreds peacefully demonstrated outside the Winnipeg City Hall Chamber. One of the banners? Abolish the police.
2: The now former police officer, Derek Chauvin, who was captured on video…
1: The tragic death of George Floyd has fueled several groups in the city look for different ways to police to respond to 911 calls. To make our streets and neighborhoods safer by directing money away from the police to other groups
3: it is not anti-police not at all we still need police police are important it is just people need the right resources to help them with their mental health issues instead of punishing the poor for being poor
1: desiree McIver of make poverty history she's also indigenous cultural programmer at one just city. We
3: need to put money towards these resources to find the solutions instead of making bigger problems that police aren't equipped to deal with yet.
1: Listen to the question when it's asked and answered. Some candidates will make it all about police budgets, and that somehow redirecting money away from the police means that our streets will be less safe. There is a more constructive discussion going on now about what other agencies are better equipped to do the work on mental health and social services calls and how different levels of policing could fill the gaps to deal with safety on Winnipeg transit buses downtown and ultimately deal with addictions, the addictions that are fueling some of the crime and safety issues that we face. I'm
2: Elizabeth Moore. Or Liz. Community outreach advocacy resource team. Uh, we're just caseworkers.
1: The Downtown Community Safety Partnership is such an organization. It has street workers to respond to individuals in crisis in the downtown area, vans to patrol the core during the day and after dark. Its workers are building trust with the vulnerable, and workers like Liz Moore are trained in problem solving.
2: After that, they can discard it.
0: I, I would think. like to
2: just talk to them and see what going yeah, yeah. So you, probably yeah. When people need more like longer term supports, like um, housing, EIA, um, navigating CFS, legal issues, getting IDs, things like that.
1: And so what will happen sometimes is that there'll be an encounter in our downtown or our catchment area and it's like, okay, um, we can try to assign one of our core workers to kind of help you navigate the system and then that's where you folks come in
2: exactly so like our outreach team will go and help people in more immediate situations they need food they need water they need um you know band-aids socks clothes rides to hospitals and stuff and then while they're doing those things they may come across people who um, are looking for more secure housing or are having issues getting funding through EIA, and that's when they'll refer people to us. Doing this job, I'm a creative person, so I think of creative strategies of what we can do.
1: I spent several days shadowing members of the safety partnership, and it's interesting. Downtown Um, businesses are calling them rather than police. Now, the goal, though, is to have the partnership as an option to respond when somebody calls 911 in distress. Again, this is not about responding to anything with the potential of violence, but it's the 50% of calls that go to the police communication centre that really have very little to do with the police.
3: Uh, a lot of the uh, illicit drug culture. Everything else Greg really Burnett is a, a former Winnipeg
1: police officer who now heads up the Downtown Community Safety Partnership.
3: There's no question uh, better collaboration, uh, better integration of resources in the work uh, will we'll, we'll lend itself to much... Uh, uh, a better future, if you will. Uh, we've got lots of great work going on. We're starting right now. We have our our can coordinating assistance center. We we're just getting going with that. We have a, a phenomenal re- relationship with Winnipeg Fire Paramedic, and we're going to work with them uh, with integrating that nine one one with our services. Uh, we're still partners, you know, with two one one, and trying to bring that in together. So lots to do, but collaboration is the key. Is it happening with the police service? There's always uh, work to do, Uh, as you mentioned. um, They have to be uh, careful uh, as they take these steps, Um, but I'm confident we'll be able to to work. And uh, this is where Winnipeg
1: police have been slow. It needs to come to the table in a meaningful way.
0: Here in our own city, we are partnering with clinicians to deal. Uh, with people in crisis.
1: Winnipeg Police Chief Danny Smythe was also at that University of Manitoba law faculty seminar on the future of policing.
0: We're partnering with a lot of NGOs that are involved in uh, missing persons and counter exploitation. So I really do think that is the future. Yeah. That's a, an extremely important area. There has been some research on kind of rerouting calls.
1: Kent Roach is a professor of law at the University of Toronto.
0: He's author of Canadian Policing Why and How It Must Change. You don't want to put a mental health nurse in the middle of a knife fight or a gunfight. So I think that. Ideally, you would be able to dispatch both and that one would play much more of a back uh, backup role because people, Uh, often with uh, mental health issues, uh, have a lot of trauma that may be triggered by seeing a police officer, even if that person doesn't uh, pull a weapon. So I think what we need is a layered response, but, you know, frankly, we don't have the 24-7. Roach argues
1: Canadian police have similar issues to the United States. Ever-rising budgets, over-policing, under-protection
0: which plagues many intersecting disadvantaged groups. Not only are the police the 24-7 go-to, but they also are the ones whose budgets are the last to be cut. And so, you know, especially as we move into what is probably going to be a recession, one of my concerns is the, the sort of experimentation that we've done uh, is not enough, but it could even be cut, because often that's the first two,
1: Roach examines police-involved shootings of those in mental health distress, concluding our cities and provinces need to fund more cost-effective health, social service, and community agencies.
0: Giving communities the responsibility of saying there's only so much money to go around. These are hard choices. They have to be evaluated after you make those choices, but at least allow us to make those choices as opposed to going on with business as usual, which I think is not working for people who are in mental health crisis, who uh, too often die uh, at police hands when they refuse to drop a knife.
1: Roach adds cities and provinces have a big role to play in the shifting of responding to crisis and fueling prevention. That's where focusing on mentorship, community programming, and other services comes in. Technology,
4: prime example of the introduction of- of, of
1: And Manitoba is looking at ways to supplement law enforcement using technology and other layers of training for law enforcement. The idea being
4: that this technology connects frontline police officers, clinicians in mental health issues so the police aren't left at two o'clock in the morning deciding whether this person's danger enough that they're gonna go ax murder a bunch of people or not. Because you know what? I never got trained in that as a police officer and, and I, I don't think uh, the chief did either, but yet, I probably count the number of times we were put in those positions.
1: Michael Kopang, the I'm Assistant Deputy Minister of the Manitoba Government's uh, Public Safety you know, Division.
4: Manitoba recently has amended the Police Service Act, uh, Institutional Safety Officers, Community Safety Officers, First Nation Safety Officers. I think there's some real possibilities about what kind of duties training enforcement could help to bring a lower level of intervention, but yet some of the required deliverables for sure. And I think cooperation and integrated policing models can also help bridge some of the gaps that, that I think the chief has alluded to already in terms of, of partnerships. There needs to be some provincial leadership and coordination because quite frankly, that is our legal responsibility. I think there needs to be levels of community ownership around a number of these public uh, safety issues. And that includes, uh, quite frankly, public safety planning. A lot of the interactions I've had with municipalities in the time I've been in this job, uh, we go to budgets and that, that would be something I would I would sort of challenge. We start talking about budgets immediately. To me, that's the last thing we need to talk about. What we need to talk about is outcomes. We need metrics to find out what is it that we're trying to accomplish. Then align those outcomes then with the investments. And I think if we do that, I I, I honestly believe there's so much money floating around the public safety space, we probably don't need a ton of money. If we reassign what actual outcomes we want and then have those hard conversations, if it's not going to be the police going to mental health call, who is it?
1: And that's where we are right now. Agencies such as the downtown Community Safety Partnership up and running, growing, needing a more robust buy-in from the Winnipeg Police Service. Police needing to think about how it will further integrate with social services to triage needs when the calls come in and a provincial government looking to expand the use of technology, social services, but not there on policy yet. So there's room for the candidates for mayor and council to weigh in on what they want and ultimately what you want to make our city safer, still knowing that much of the responsibility is in the provincial government's hands. For Turning Point, I'm 680 CJOB's Richard Kroencheck.